Right view comes first. The statement frequently made by the Buddha. The first element of the Eightfold Path, the first aspect of training. Encouraging the mind to see and appreciate things as they are free of the distortions of self-view and ignorance. At the beginning of a retreat time like this, this is a, a principle to take to heart. In the morning chanting, we recite the basic framework of the teachings and the format of reflection, looking at the body, feelings, perceptions, Mental formations being thoughts, ideas, emotions, memories, imagination. Discriminative consciousness itself. These are in a state of change. None of them can be permanently and completely satisfying. And none of these are who and what we really are. So in that simple recitation of the morning chanting, those reflections, gives us a format for establishing right view, seeing things in terms of nature, in terms of reality, rather than in terms of habit, of self-view. The body is not self, feelings are not self, perceptions are not self. Mental formations, thoughts, emotions, memories, ideas, intentions, plans, regrets, fantasies. None of these are who and what we are. They're experienced in this mind. They're known here. But they don't have an owner. They cannot be who and what we are. At the beginning of a retreat, then it's almost invariably the case that we experience a lot of resonances from the previous days and weeks, months, the flow of activity, responsibility, the conversations that we've had, the work we've been doing, the things that we've been excited about, irritated by, worried about. That doesn't just switch off because a date comes in the calendar and it's called retreat. Of course, it's in accordance with nature that there's ripples, resonances of those loves and hates and fears and hopes, excitements, irritations. Those ripples carry on, just like a raindrop landing on a pond. The ripples spread, they don't just stop. So it's good to appreciate that, to expect a lot of ripples, to see many different selves arising. Feelings of me owning, owning this body, owning my living space, owning the sensations of discomfort or aches and pains, being the one who hears a sound or 
me who remembers, I think I remember. A sense of owning, a sense of experiencing. The assumptions of being, I am a human, I am a man, I am a woman, I am old, I'm young, I'm British, I'm American, I'm German, I'm Swedish, I'm French. It's completely natural for these various different selves to pop into being during the course of a day. The owning self, the being self, the choosing self, the narrative self, our own story. How long we've been coming to Amravati, how long we've been a monk or a nun, how old we are, our name, our nationality, our family history, all those I am's, it's natural for them to arise. So to establish right view, then they are going to arise, but they can be seen with the eye of Dhamma. They can be seen with right view as formations, patterns of nature that arise, come into being and dissolve. That's what they do. They're not a self, they don't belong to a self. They're all constantly changing. So at the beginning of a retreat is particularly useful to be establishing both a readiness to be experiencing those habits of self-creation, eye-making and mind-making, to expect those, but to train the heart to know those, all those I am's, I have, I do, I choose. And establishing right view is establishing that attitude of challenging, questioning. Is that so? This is my mind. I have got a knee problem. I am a nun. I am a monk. I am a layperson. Is that so? Is that the whole story? As Lung Po Chao would say from time to time, there are no monks and nuns here. There are no lay people, no women, no men. These are just conventions, conditioned formations, coming into being, arising, changing. The mind imputes it designates these conditioned conventional forms like monastic, layperson, old, young, healthy, sick. These are designations added on by the mind. And if there's ignorance, they're taken to be absolute truths. In essence, there aren't really any people here. No women, no men, no monks, no nuns, no lay people. These are conditions of nature. Patterns of perception arising, taking shape, passing away. Centers of experience. Each of these minds is a center of experiencing. It's not a person, doesn't belong to a person. These minds know, they're awake, they're aware, 
They know the personal arising and passing, but they're not a person. That which knows the personal, this body, this mind, this character, it's not a person. It's awake, it's aware, it knows. That much is real, that much is certain. It knows the personal, but it's not defined by those personal qualities. That which knows the five khandhas is not limited by the five khandhas. We can take that as a principle, but in the first days of the retreat, when you bring those kind of reflections to mind, they have a bit of an effect, a bit of traction for a few seconds, and then woof, the mind goes off into, I'm annoyed by that sound, I'm worried about that ache in, in my back. What am I going to do about that unfinished decoration project? Should I have written to my family? Who did I forget to write to? All those I am's, those very personal Very tangible qualities rise up and seem so solid, so real, so important. So, at the beginning of a retreat like this, in establishing right view, a view attuned to reality, attuned to Dhamma, we need to be extraordinarily patient, watching all those different selves arising, the owning self, the being self, choosing self, the narrative self, all these different appearances, to watch them, to know them, to patiently explore them, let them go. They can't be who and what we really are. They're conditioned patterns of nature arising, taking shape, dissolving. So a great deal of patience and kindness. These are the attitudes to bring into being, to be kind to the mind's activity, to be kind to the body, to be patient with all of those ripples of activity and conversation and work and responsibility being present. To be patient, to be kind to receive all of that with an open heart, to know it, let it go. In particular, kindness towards the body. As we spend more hours in formal meditation, sitting on a cushion or a stool or a chair, aches and pains can easily increase, multiply, Oftentimes, if the body is comfortable, we ignore it. We stay focused on the mental world and we only pay attention to the body when it starts to hurt, particularly in sitting meditation. And then when there's pain, the general conditioned emotional reactions are fear that it's going to get worse or fear that there's some serious damage being done and aversion to the pain. 
If we follow that habit, then we're either ignoring the body, or if we're noticing it, then there's fear and aversion being the abiding attitudes. So, to counteract that, to be uh, encouraging an inclination in a different direction, the beginning of a retreat is particularly helpful to consciously spread loving-kindness through your body. Appreciation. Establishing a posture that is upright and energetic, but is also easeful, based on loving-kindness, friendliness towards your own body. Well-wishing, benevolence towards this body that uh, is so central to this life. So many different aspects to it. To spread loving-kindness through the body, to help it to be relaxed, to be at ease, to be free from tension. And the more that uh, a genuine quality of loving-kindness is established, spread through the body, it contributes greatly to reducing aches and pains. Also, damage being done by overstressing. Creating unskillful, unhelpful tensions in our joints and and the muscles and tendons. Establishing a quality of friendliness towards this body, patience, friendliness towards the mind. Here it is. First full day of our three months retreat. It's an opportunity to see things clearly, to see things in terms of nature rather than self, and to practice loving-kindness towards this being, this physical body, this mental world, and to the world around us, to the beings we live with, the other people we share a space with, people sitting together with, walking together with. So there's a ground of benevolence, a ground of well-wishing, and an attitude of a right view, an establishment of right view, seeing things in terms of nature, in terms of the way reality works, rather than personal preference or our own individual habits. This is laying the ground, laying the foundation for a time that is going to be of most benefit, most conducive to the qualities of peacefulness, ease, an attunement with reality, and the freedom that comes from that. If we start out in a skillful way, If we lay the foundation and establish a skillful view at the beginning, 
things can develop in a very helpful and beneficial way. We start out with an unskillful attitude, ambitious or trying to suppress our thoughts or force our body to sit and be in a particular way. We start out with a lot of self-view and willfulness, ambition or anxiety. Then, necessarily, the result's going to be painful. You start out with right view, with a view attuned to Dhamma, then the result will be peace, ease, freedom. If we start out with a view based on self, an attitude of ambition or aversion, fear, necessarily the result's going to be painful. It's going to be resulting in dukkha rather than in the peace of Nibbāna, the peace of the heart at ease, free from all obscuration.